Well, last Sunday, our gospel focused on the figure of John the Baptist. On this Sunday, the final Sunday of Advent, it is the Blessed Virgin Mary who comes into focus. Now, John the Baptist, as we all know, is Christ's forerunner. He goes before Christ, and he prepares the way for his coming. Yet, if John functions in this manner, all the more so does Mary. The Blessed Virgin Mary is the forerunner of the forerunner. And this is what our gospel teaches us today. In it, Elizabeth says to Mary, and this is a more literal literal translation than the one uh, we find in our lectionary, At the moment the voice of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leaped for joy. Note the phrase, the voice of your greeting. Now our gospel will later on refer to John the Baptist as the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. And so we must conclude it's Mary's voice that sets in motion the voice of the one crying in the wilderness. Mary is the voice behind the voice. And notice that it is Mary's voice that initiates St. Elizabeth's inspired praise of her, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. These inspired words, of course, form part of the Hail Mary, a prayer the importance of which I'd like to illustrate by means of the following true story taken from St. Alphonsus Liguri. In the early 17th century, there was a young man by the name of Richard, who was raised in an English Catholic family. From his earliest years, his mother taught him to say three Hail Marys every day in honor of the Blessed Mother. He did this as a child without any real sense of what he was saying or doing. Even as he got older, he recited these Hail Marys without much attention or devotion at all. Nevertheless, not a day would go by which he wouldn't say these three Hail Marys. In his teens, Richard went away to college in Belgium. While in Belgium, unfortunately, he fell in with bad company and he started going down the wrong path in life. And he made the acquaintance of another Englishman, a man of particularly corrupt life by the name of Conrad. Well, Richard and Conrad became partners in vice. They neglected their studies and they spent all their time carousing and indulging their passions. Yet even as Richard lived a sinful life, he still, out of habit, recited his three Hail Marys every day. One night, Richard and Conrad visited a house of ill repute. After some time leaving Conrad behind, Richard set out to go home. It was late at night when he reached his apartments, and he suddenly remembered that he had not said his Hail Marys. Well, his body weighed down with sleep and fatigue. He was very disgusted, actually, at the thought of saying them. Nonetheless, he forced himself to recite them in a mindless and perfunctory manner. After this, he fell asleep. But during his sleep, he saw before him what appeared to be Conrad, except that Conrad was horribly deformed 
and misshapen and hideous in appearance. Conrad! My man, what happened to you? Richard, can you not recognize me? Can you not recognize me? Conrad, what happened to you? You look like a demon. Richard, I am damned. In leaving the brothel last night, I was murdered by a thief. I was strangled to death and died in my sins. My body lies now in the streets, and my soul is in hell. Listen to me. The same punishment was in store for you, but the Blessed Virgin Mary interceded with God for you and saved you. And she's done this on account of the three Hail Marys. Richard, awaking, went to the street spoken of in his dream, and he found Conrad's body being carried away by the town coroner. Richard immediately repented and gave himself to God and from that day onward lived a sober and godly life. And he never again prayed a Hail Mary without great attention and devotion. Well, what do we learn from this story? Well, as a priest, I can say that it it disturbs me, it pains me to the heart to find Catholic children who are seven and eight and nine and, and years old and sometimes older who do not know how to say the Hail Mary. Some don't even know how to say the Our Father. And when I ask the parents, you know, what's going on here, they sometimes say they don't want their children to simply memorize and recite rote prayers. They would rather their children pray to God from their hearts. Well, this is fine and good, but there's a fundamental misunderstanding of human nature going on here. We are bodily creatures as well as spiritual. And our exterior bodily postures and voices not only express the interior realities of our hearts, but they also make those interior realities a possibility and can even actualize them. In the rule of St. Benedict, there is an expression in Latin, mens nostra concordit voci nostre. Our mind and our heart must be in accord with our voice. Normally, thought precedes word. Thought formulates the word we give voice to. But praying fixed prayers like the Our Father and the Hail Mary and liturgical prayer in general is exactly the other way around. The exterior word, the voice, goes ahead of us and our mind must adapt to it. People generally value saying what they think. But when we pray, we are to think what we say. And we see this in the relationship between John the Baptist and our Lord Jesus Christ. We know the Bible calls Jesus the Word of God. Now, the biblical term translated into English here as word is in Greek logos. Logos denotes not so much an exterior word as much as an interior mental understanding. John the Baptist is the exterior voice. 
while the Son of God is the interior mental understanding. But who comes first? It is the voice of the one crying in the wilderness that prepares the way for the coming of the Logos. And remember, if John is the forerunner of God and the voice that prepares his way, the Blessed Virgin Mary is the forerunner of the forerunner and the voice behind the voice. If John precedes Jesus and brings him in his train, all the more so does Mary. And we see this in our story about the young man Richard. Mary was God's forerunner in his life. Mary came first and helped Richard turn his life over to God. And even though he said his Hail Marys without attention or devotion, he still had the exterior words on his lips. And these exterior words were a gift to him from his mother. No matter his lack of mental and interior presence, that came later, as would be expected. So mothers, fathers, grandmothers, grandfathers, the greatest gift you can give your child or grandchild this Christmas is to introduce them to Mary and to teach them to say by heart the Hail Mary. You give them the exterior words, and in his own good time, God will give them the interior understanding. And let us model for them how the Hail Mary should be said by ourselves, saying it with great attention and devotion. Let our minds follow our voices as we honor the Mother of God, the one who, before all others, comes before Jesus and makes possible his birth among us this Christmas.